I was just thinking when um, Pastor Brian asked me late this week uh, that I confirmed that he wasn't going to be here. Um, um, it just all of a sudden, I just was struck by the time of year that we are in already. Uh, like we're in September, we're almost in September. Um, we're at the end of August. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Good. Good. And we're uh, we're coming into September already. So it's pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know whether it's because you get older that time goes quicker or there's something legit in the atmosphere that makes time go quicker or what it is, but man, this year's flown. And I think we say this every year, but this year's really flown. And, uh, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just flown. And it's just got me thinking uh, of the year, you know, where we started, uh, where, where we are now, where I am now. Um, you know, what have I allowed God to do you know, in those nine months in my life. Um, you know, who remembers the, the uh, what, what was the, the theme for our year? Transformation, really good. So, you know, transformation, there's something that's gotta begin to take place. And I, and I would say everyone has moved forward, definitely. But it just really got me thinking, uh, you know, where I'm at and, and where we're at and what have I really allowed God to do, you know, in these nine months in my life? Have I... Um, you know, just listen to, you know, another, I worked this out, another 34 messages uh, and uh, that inspire me and uh, until I walk out those doors uh, or have I really allowed the, the spirit of the message to in some way capture me and grab a hold of my heart and, and change my life and, and change, you know, everything about me. And uh, so for me, I don't know about you, but for me, that's just, you know, what's been going on in my mind this week and my heart this week. And, uh, you know, have I really allowed the message to infiltrate my heart? You know, have I, have I allowed, you know, to, uh, the building of precept upon precept? Um, you know, have I taken the Word and allowed it to transform my life? You know, so just really want to encourage you in that. We've still got a few more months of the year and uh, I'm a big advocate for, for just really allowing God to change my life. Not perfect by any stretch, but, but grabbing a hold of what I believe God's saying, what I'm hearing, what I'm picking up and, and trying to the best of my ability to build that into my life. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So the last message, so, I, so before I go to that, when Pastor Brian asked me, there was two things that sort of popped up in my heart when he was talking. I was thinking, man, man, this nation's in crisis. And I thought, oh, that's a bit depressing. Uh, so I thought, but the theme of the year is transformation and maybe I could meld them together. So when I sort of went back, I realised that, I, I don't know if it was the, the absolute last message of 2022, but one of the last messages of 2022 that Pastor Brian spoke on was times of crisis. And the first message that he spoke on in this year, 2023, was uh, the, the theme for the year of transformation. And uh, so it really just sort of you know, struck a chord in my heart. So I'm just gonna go in this direction this morning and, uh, and see how we go. But uh, let's open our Bibles to Isaiah 60. All right, who's got a loud voice? Other than Corey. Alex. Alex, do you want to read Isaiah 60 for me? Isaiah 
Awesome. And then it goes on and talks about camels. All right, so. <laughs> but uh, this just really struck me this week. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And I, I had a look. I love looking in the Amplified Bible, in, in the Amplified Version. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And arise is talking about waking up from spiritual depression uh, into the magnificent uh, glory of Uh, and radiance of God. So it's like we've got to rise out of uh, where we're at, uh, the circumstance we're in. You know, the word says spiritual depression. That sounds pretty pretty harsh, but it's like God saying, rise up out of where you're at and shine the glorious light that's on the inside of you through me. So, So there's a real call to arise, shine because His light is shining through us and radiating through us. So all hell can break loose around us, but God, all right? But God is always preparing His man and woman. God is always doing something in the background. God is always preparing uh, His person, His people, amen? So we can be in a time of crisis and that's not great and, and not ideal, but we need to have faith and understand that God is always working in the background, amen? So in times of struggle, uh, in times of crisis, uh, there's a real call for us to step up and arise and shine for us to step up out of maybe any apathy that we're in, any spiritual depression or, uh, or whatever it is to, to rise up and with the, the magnificent, radiant gloriness of God, shine that to, to the earth, amen? So there's a real call on us to do that. And we're, we're called to influence, not be influenced. There's a, there's a call just as a, a son or a daughter of God where there's a call there to be an influence for Him, not be influenced. So John the Baptist was a classic example of someone that was born into uh, the right time. It was a crisis time, it was a crazy time, but he was born into the right time. He was a man that came to prepare the way. So, you know, Malachi ended... Uh, And it said there how Elijah must come. So Elijah's obviously, well, he didn't pass away. He was taken up uh, the way he was. But um, uh, in the end of Malachi, it talks about how uh, Elijah still must come. And 400 years or thereabouts, uh, John the Baptist, you know, comes on the scene. And I, I was just having a bit of a look. But in that 400 years, apparently, it was a very violent time. It was a very crazy time. And, uh, and uh, you, know, it, it came, you know, when we jump into the New Testament, you know, Rome was like the dominant force and uh, religion was just like rife. And, uh, you know, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these different ones and these religious sects and that sort of thing. And then arrives this man, John. Crazy man, John. Not this John. Uh, like a, a man out in the wilderness, you know, wearing, I was reading, wearing camel skin. How the heck you'd skin a camel, I've got no idea. But, uh, but he's wearing camel skin, he's wearing a leather belt, he's eating locusts, he's eating wild honey. Yeah, that'd be all right. The locust bit, I'm not sure about. What do they taste like, Michael? No. <laughs> but he comes, sorry, he comes and he, uh, uh, he, he, he comes with this message that there's one coming that's greater, 
There's one coming after Him that's greater. And it's like He begins to uh, prepare the hearts of, the, of that generation for what's coming. And uh, so we're in this time of, you know, violence and turmoil and crisis and all sorts of things in the world, whatever's going on there. John comes on the scene at the exact right time and there's a call on his life to begin to prepare the way for Jesus. And his message is that there is one coming that's greater. Repent, be baptised, prepare the way because someone greater is coming. Jesus is coming, the Lord is coming. So it was a crisis time in history, but God had it all planned and prepared a man to prepare the hearts of a generation to introduce Christ. So it's just amazing. Another person, Esther, she was called for such a time as when she was born. For such a time as this, Esther had married the king. So she was a Jewish girl. And uh, at the time, there was a, a real cunning plot uh, to, uh, by, the, by the, a man by the name of Haman. And, uh, and there was this real cunning plot to essentially wipe out the Jews. And, uh, you know, God had been preparing Esther for such a time. And, uh, you know, turmoil, crisis in the land, something massive was going on. But God had been preparing in the background and setting things in place for Esther to be where, that she, where she was in the exact place at the exact right time. So let's, let's turn to Esther quickly. Esther 13, sorry, Esther 4, verse 13. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all, your, all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. So in, in other words, God was gonna protect the Jews regardless. But Esther had uh, an opportunity. Uh, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Just such an awesome story. In times of crisis, God always has His plan. God always has His people in place. God always has, has uh, trained and prepared and, and, uh, and developed His remnant. Another one, Jonathan. So Jonathan was Saul's son. And we read about this in 1 Samuel. So here's another time where Israel were you know, on the ropes and, uh, and the Philistines were, were uh, again, you know, the dominant force. And, uh, and this story is talking about how uh, the army of Israel, there was not a, other than uh, Saul and Jonathan, there was not a, another, a single sword or spear in the Israel army. Now that's not a great position to be in uh, as an army. And uh, you know, Israel, uh, sorry, not Israel, uh, the Philistines had locked things up so much that, uh, that uh, there was no blacksmith, not a single blacksmith in, in Israel at the time. And uh, so, you know, not ideal, not ideal to go into battle without a sword or a spear. Uh, but this is the crazy thing. Jonathan says, and I've talked about this story a lot. Jonathan says uh, to his armour bearer, come, uh, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. So there's this, there's this, whatever it was on the inside of him that rose up to, uh, to, to think such a crazy thing. And, uh, you know, Jonathan and his armour bearer, they climbed up on their hands and their knees, it says in the Bible, 
uh, up to where the Philistines were. And essentially the Philistine army fell before Jonathan and his armour bearer came through with his sword and did the job, sorted it out. And uh, you know, Jonathan was called for such a time. So, and there's story upon story in the Bible and history is full of men and women of God that, that knew God, that knew their territory and they, they knew the Kairos time and they were obedient. You know, and, and these ones, they, there was a boldness on them. You know, there was a, an obedience, there was a faith, there was massive faith on them. You know, there was probably a little bit of crazy uh, on them because who would think to go, hey, let's do this armour bearer, let's climb up this thing on, on hands and knees, uh, maybe God will do it for us. You know, Mordecai said to Esther, it may be that the Lord has brought, you know, that God's put you in the kingdom for such a time as this. So don't know for 100%, but it could be. So rise up and give it a crack and just see what happens. You know, so there, there's faith, there's, a, there's radical obedience. There's a trust in God, you know, such a trust in God. So my point and my question today is, do we believe God has called us for such a time as this? You know, do I really believe that God's called me, called us to such a time as this, whatever that might be, but do we really believe it? You know, I wanna say this morning that you're no accident. Whether you're the youngest here or whether you're the oldest here, you are no accident. You know, uh, Jeremiah 1 says, before I formed you, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now you may not be a prophet to the nations, but I wanna say this morning that you are called and you are, you are ordained and God has got a plan for you, whatever that is. And God knew you and He ordained you before you were even a thought, before, you, before any of that, right back before creation. This is what I believe. God saw you, God knew you and He had you ordained and sorted for such a time as this. So otherwise you would have been born 100 years ago or maybe you're still not a thought yet and you're gonna be born in another 100 years time if we're still here. But God has called us, God has called you and He's ordained you because you and your uniqueness is needed for this time. You know, the call of God on your life is needed for this day. And whether you know what that is yet or not, doesn't matter, God will sort that out, God will reveal it. But uh, you and your uniqueness was needed for this time. Amen. So just a, a bit of a switch, but this nation, you know, is really in crisis. And uh, I could tell story after story and you would know story after story of just the, the brokenness across our nation. But there's one I just wanna bring, bring to light and I'll try and say this in the nicest way possible, but it hit me so much this week. There was actually a Sky News report this week of a, um, uh, in Darwin of a, a, uh, a baby was meant to be aborted, but it was ended up born healthy. So it was born healthy, the mother was healthy, the nurse freaked out, rang the doctor and, that was meant to do the thing and went, uh, what's going on here? His response was, I don't care. 80 minutes later, on a table, baby's done. Our nation's, that's messed up. That's messed up messed up. You know, our nation is in crisis and that's just one story, you know, and in our wisdom uh, to methodically remove God from every area of our lives, not our wisdom, 
the powers that be, uh, we've ended up a nation in crisis. You know, we wonder why we've strayed so far from the truth because we've removed God out of everything. You know, our nation is in crisis. Uh, even our own lives sometimes can be in crisis. I know for, for us, you know, uh, our lives sometimes just get busy and, and you end up in this merry-go-round of busyness and, and, you know, and whatever, but we get caught up in life work, paying debt, you know, all these different things and we can end up on what feels like a roundabout with no way off. And I know I've been there and I'm sure different ones in this room uh, at one time or many more have been there and uh, to, to varying degrees, but our life can, be, can, can get into chaos and into crisis sometimes. And, uh, you know, it can come by, you know, our own, you know, silly decisions uh, it, can, it can come through no fault of our own sometimes. And, um, but, but, uh, but our lives can be in crisis. You know, I remember, you know, many times, you know, different times in our life, but I remember one time where, you know, I, I was working at the paper and I, I actually left the paper with a really bad offence. And uh, I'd come back to the paper on the proviso that, you know, within six months I'd be manager. And uh, that six month came and went and I went, I'm out of here. Bad, don't ever do that. And, uh, and uh, anyway, I left and I went and worked for Pastor Simon. Now you'd think that's God, you know, that's God. And I tell you what, we had fun. Uh, John can attest to this. We had more fun than I've ever had in my working life for however long that I worked for him in that time. But at the same time, although I was earning more money Heidi and I had never been in more stress uh, and financial pressure than we'd ever been in our life. <laughs> uh, so much so to the point we almost, you know, you know, lost the house and that sort of thing. It was never, you know, I mean, we've been pretty good through our 17, 18 years of marriage, but it was tense. You know, I was up early to leave. I'd never get back till late. And uh, we had the, you know, I think Levi, sorry? Yeah, and we still had no money, you know, and uh, it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> Other than the fun I had, I had a lot of fun. Man, I could tell you some funny stories, but, but that's not what today's about. Uh, there was John, there was me, there was Simon, uh, Lee and Tim came in later on. You get the picture. So uh, it was, uh, but it was a lot of fun. But, but I, the point is our life can end up in crisis because of sometimes silly decisions. So eventually I sorted things out and I, with my tail between my leg, I actually went and apologised and said, if a job ever comes up, uh, I, I'd love to come back. And God actually, I really believe God actually moved. A, a lady at work actually overheard that conversation and went to the boss and said who she'd taken my job. And uh, she'd overheard that conversation somehow and went to the boss and said, I never really liked this job anyway. I'm prepared to move back to my old job only if you hire Julian. Um, so I went back, I got less pay and I reckon within four weeks uh, we had money in the bank after all the bills were paid. So the, the point is we can end up in crisis sometimes because of the silly decisions we make when we move out of where God wants us and God's plan. Let's read this. This is a really encouraging scripture. Psalms 46. So 
I'll read the whole, I'll read the whole thing, but this is a really encouraging thing. God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, uh, though, the wa- uh, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn. The nations raged, the, king, uh, the kingdoms were moved. He utterly, uh, sorry, <laughs> he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So crisis should, crisis should draw us closer to Him. You know, it says there, the Lord of hosts is with us. Be still and know that I am God. You know, in crisis, it should draw us closer to God. Uh, sometimes it does the opposite. And that's not good. In crisis, we need to come in closer to Him. Come in closer to Him. So we are at a unique part, uh, point, time in history, amen? Uh, God knows exactly what's going on. Don't worry. Uh, I reckon God's got it under control. God knows what He's doing. And He's, be, he's been preparing, talking about us. I really believe He's been preparing, you know, this place and this house and this church uh, for you know, 30 odd years and different ones have come in you know, uh, from that 30 years till now, but God's really been preparing and I'm sure God's doing it in a lot of other places, but God has called you individually, but also this place and this house for such a time as this. And God's been preparing. This is not just, uh, you know, in a few weeks time, something happens and all of a sudden, you know, um, we're in this, you know, Kairos time. It's not like that. God's been preparing. God's been building, God's been shaping, God's been chipping away, God's been adding, God's been doing all this stuff to build us and you to where you need to be for such a time as this. You know, a generation perfectly suited for this time. You know, God, your uniqueness, you know, your uniqueness, God has called for this time to partner together, you know, with a company of people for this time. You know, this is not a hopeless time. Uh, This is a Kairos time. And I was just listening to, to John's word from a couple of weeks ago, just yesterday. And, uh, and he said something really, which I, really stuck out to me, but he was talking about um, how Moses came and delivered you know, the people uh, from Pharaoh. But there was the, the point in the story that he was talking about where God spoke to Moses and said, you know, um, um, cover the lentil with, with blood uh, over the doorway. And the, the statement John made was, there's protection and covering in assignment. I think that's right. And, uh, you know, when we're on assignment, when we're where God wants us to be, uh, there might be things raging on around us, but in that assignment, in God there, there's protection and there's covering. Amen. So, you know, if we believe believe, uh, we're called for such a time, then 
we are. We're called for such a time. In Daniel 11, it says, you know, if we know our God, we'll do great exploits. Amen. There's a quote from Pastor Brian. It says, in times of crisis and challenge, the right kind of leadership must rise. The problem didn't happen accidentally. The right people just have not stood up yet. The right ones will always be prepared in the background. The answer is not an accident. Be the leader the world needs now. And I just think that's so right. You know, we need to be the leader that the world needs now. We need to be the son, the daughter of God that the world needs now, that my family needs now, that my workplace needs now, that our city, our region, our nation, whatever it is, whatever level that you wanna think on this morning, uh, we need to be that person for that situation. Amen? Awesome. Point one. We need to, now, I'll, I'll premise these points. These are not my points, okay? So what I, what I did was I grabbed the couple of messages, uh, that, that one of times for crisis and, and, um, and transformation, and I, and I just had a look through and really grabbed the ones that had really stood out to me uh, from those messages. So, um, so just so you're aware. So firstly, and we've probably heard this even more recently with SOS and that sort of thing, uh, we need to get positioned to hear God. Um, you know, I really believe, you know, one in the natural, uh, in the spiritual, definitely. And I was just thinking about it this morning, you know, uh, we need to, to position ourselves to, to hear God's voice. You know, I was just thinking about the, the boys with basketball. And, uh, you know, I'll use Levi as an example. He plays basketball every week. And I remember when he was in the, real, the younger groups, when he first started, it was, it was really funny because wherever the ball was, everyone was. Uh, there was 10 kids on the court and wherever that ball was, there was 10 kids. And it, and it went like this and you're like, they're never gonna be able to pass it anywhere because they're all huddled here and they're all screaming for the ball. Hey, give it to me, give it to me. You know, and it's like right there. And, and, and I was just thinking about that can be what it's like sometimes. And we've got to learn to grow up. And, and what happened is as, as he began to grow and they, and they begin to be taught and understand and all that sort of thing, um, the, the, the way they played uh, was different. They learned to uh, position themselves differently. So if the ball's here, someone else is over here and there's, there's somewhere you know, where they can pass the ball to get the goal. So sometimes we've got to position ourselves to hear God. You know, and, and, and it can be a bit difficult sometimes because we're not sure. Uh, how, how to do that and we maybe haven't heard God before or how do you hear God and, and that sort of thing. But we've got to learn to position ourselves to hear God. I'm really encouraged by Mercedes. Uh, I ran into her through the week just down the street and we got talking and, and she, oh, this was Friday and she mentioned that um, um, Pastor Shelley had made contact or something like that um, to come down to the, uh, the Gippsland's Prophetic Alliance on Friday night. And, um, and I know that that's something that's really developing in her. And I really just wanna encourage you, uh, and it's the reason why I drove, with Alex, drove you down there is because I really wanted to encourage that, that thing in you, that, that, that developing prophetic voice, uh, and to hear His voice because she's positioning herself. She could have gone to La Paquetas with the youth where they probably had a whole stack of fun, but, uh, but instead she sat in a car with Alex and I and, uh, and went to Maui. We had great conversation. It was really good, but, but she's positioning herself to, to learn to hear from God. And uh, so, yeah, so in Samuel, 
uh, 1 Samuel 3, 1, no one was picking up the revelation on the earth at that time uh, until young Samuel came along and, uh, and he tuned into the frequency of heaven and he began to hear God's voice. And it started off, he didn't know what was going on. He thought it was Eli. Is that right, Eli? Yep, um, calling him and, and, and eventually Eli cottoned on and went, oh, maybe it's God. And there's this whole thing that begins to develop. But uh, you know, Monday, Friday, Sunday prayer, great opportunity to position ourselves to, to learn to hear. You know, we need to let a desire of God, uh, a desire to hear God's voice uh, really grow and develop on the inside. You know, the Lord called out uh, Samuel's name in the temple uh, and uh, you know, what we need to do is we, we can't hide away and not respond from the voice of God. You know, we can't think, oh, I'll leave it to another, uh, we, you know, or anything like that. We can't hide away and, and, and just ignore the voice of God. You know, we need to, you know, if we're gonna be the generation in this time and season, there's gotta be an obedience. And, uh, you know, and I really believe, I think it's, you know, in, anyway, doesn't matter. So we need to tune in and have a passion to hear. We need to hear God. We need to hear Him through His Word, through sermons, through, through our covenant partners, through the inner witness. You know, learn to hear God. Learn to hear God. Position yourself to hear God. You know, in Luke 8, 18, let's read this. It says, Therefore take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. So hearing the voice of God, hearing uh, is very important. And, uh, and, and this, this Scripture actually, you know, the background of this Scripture is, um, is the, uh, the parable of the sower. And, and we know about that, about how the, the uh, seed fell on different types of soil. You know, so, um, you know, a, a sower went out to sow and some seed fell by the wayside. You know, some fell on stony places. Uh, some fell among thorns and some fell among good soil. You know, is, there, is our heart good soil? Is our listening ear good soil? Or is, it, or is it, like I said before, is it sort of falling on rocky ground and, uh, and as soon as we walk out those doors, we're kind of a little bit vague on what we actually heard and what God actually did. And that can happen and that's why notes are really good. I really wanna encourage you uh, to take notes. Notes are really good, whether you use your phone, whether you, some of you are looking, looking at me sheepishly now because you've got nothing in your hands. But uh, you know, whether you've got a pen and paper and you do it old school or whether you've got your phone and you take notes, whether you, you know, even, yeah, some people I know actually record. Uh, I actually say take notes. Uh, because, it, because you can always get the recording, but taking notes is kind of, I don't know, it just sort of puts something on the inside of you. And when you go away, you can begin to look back over that and begin to go, oh, that's right, that was said. That, I'm gonna really delve into that. So note-taking is really good. So we need to position ourselves to hear God, amen? Amen. Number two, we need to be committed to grow in stature. So the answer to crisis is us becoming everything God has called us to be. You know, in, in times of crisis, whether it's, you know, family or beyond, it's us becoming who God has called us to be. 
You know, when there's turmoil and crisis in the home, in our family, um, both Heidi and I, but I've, got to, I've got to take responsibility for me. I've got to stand up and begin to do something that begins to change and shift that so that that doesn't stay. So Samuel, he started as a little boy in the temple, but he didn't stay there, he didn't end there. He learnt, he grew, he, uh, he became everything God had planned him to be. You know, God will use other people to bring us on the journey. You know, iron sharpens iron. In, in Samuel's case, it was Eli who, who taught him to hear the voice of God. And uh, you know, God will use other people to bring us along on the journey. And that could be one person, it could be many people. But you know, in an environment like this where there, you know, there's so many people that we can really you know, get alongside and, and, uh, and sharpen each other and, and that sort of thing. Hey, I believe God said this, what do you think? You know, oh, I, you know rather than God said, then if I go to Beck and say God said, then she can't really help me or, or correct or challenge or whatever needs to happen. But if I come along and I'm like, hey, I really believe God said this, what do you think? You know, what do you think? You know, then it, then it opens up this dialogue and discussion and we can, and we can really fine tune each other and we can fine tune uh, the way we hear the voice of God in our life. So we need to be committed to growing in stature. So in Acts 19, Paul comes to Ephesus and we know this story well and he calls the disciples higher. He's calling them to another place. They're like, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? We were baptised into John's baptism and uh, Paul lays his hands on them. They're filled with the Spirit. They pray in tongues and prophesy. And within, I think, three years, that, that whole region of Asia is, hears the Gospel and is absolutely turned upside down. You know, that's a, one of the most amazing stories uh, of, of growing in stature really quickly and being in the right place at the right time uh, that, you know, that I, I just love that one in the Bible. You know, and I believe there, uh, you know, I really believe that in those disciples in that story of Acts 19, it wasn't just Paul came along and sort of pushed them into something. I really believe there was a, um, a desire on the inside of their hearts for more. It was like they were looking for more, but maybe they didn't know. And then someone like Paul comes along and he's like, hey, this is, this is what you're looking for. And it just really opens up to them. So there's this openness in their heart. And, uh, you know, like, like I said before, you know, Mercedes desiring the prophetic and, and uh, stepping out to grow in stature. So there's so many different things that we can uh, do to, to grow in stature. You know, we don't wanna just stay where we're at. We don't wanna be comfortable and familiar where we're at. You know, uh, grow in stature, you know, grab the, you know, the last word that Pastor Brian spoke and, and, and open it up and begin to look at the points and begin to go, right, that speaks to me. I'm gonna grow in that area. And you begin to open up the Word and you begin to delve into it and you begin to allow God to make you uh, everything that you're called to be in this season. You know, we need to learn to grow in stature. We can't just be comfortable sitting in a seat and going home and going to work and that sort of thing. You know, even in our workplace, they call it professional development. You know, if, you, if I wanna get better at sales, uh, I've gotta do professional development. I've gotta work out new ways of saying things, new ways of selling things, new ways of taking photos of a house so the bedrooms look bigger, you know, whatever. Um, not really. Not really, I hate that. Um, 
you can tell too, because you look through the photos and I'm like, gee, that guitar looks really fat. And uh, I'm like, hold on a second, they've stretched the photos. Yeah, not good. Um, but it's called professional development. You know, we do it in the workplace, uh, but we don't always do it with God. You know, we, does that make sense? So we need to be committed to grow in stature. Number three, I've got more than three, so don't think I'm finished. Stay connected to significant people in your life. This is important. This is vital. This is one of my, this is one of my true passions. Stay connected to significant people in your life. Together, we can do this. Uh, together we can do this. And I really believe in the, the times and the seasons ahead, it's more about together than me. It's more about together and, and doing this thing together than solo stuff. Uh, I really believe that's certainly the way God's calling us. You know, the, the relationships and the connections we have here is vital. You know, my connection with, with well, all of you, but different ones in this room is absolutely uh, vital. And, uh, and it's important and we need to learn to stay connected with significant people in our lives. Need to, we need to be unoffendable. I made this decision long ago that I would be unoffendable. Uh, and it's not always easy, but uh, that's just the decision I made because I know where offence can lead. You know, when we go through crisis, who's gonna be there to hold our hands up? You know, who's gonna be there to stand with us if we haven't forged these significant connections? So who are the significant people uh, in your lives? You know, who's stood with you? Who's helped you? Who's, who's walked with you to bring you to where you are today? You know, these are some of the significant people in your life. You know, if we can stand with and walk with others um, through crisis, it produces unbreakable relationships. You know, if I can stand with John through whatever's going on and we walk together and we might have the odd Barney and the odd disagreement, but we work through it and, we, and iron sharpens iron and all that sort of thing, uh, what God produces in the end is, is unbreakable. And that is the type of relationships and connections I really believe we need. You know, it says in the Word, they knew, the, the world knew them by their love. You know, and that wasn't some sort of soppy love. That was true covenant, uh, walking through all sorts of different things together. Walking with Jesus would not have been easy. Uh, You know, Jesus has left the earth. They've got to sort out their relationships. They've got to work all that out without their master there or anything like that. But they knew them by their love. So I really believe, you know, God is first and foremost. And then, you know, if you're married, then that's the, the next most important relationship you've got. But after that, uh, you know, the, the, the relationships and connections that we have with one another, uh, you know, are so vital, are so vital. Because there's a call. Because there's, a, there's, there's something that God is calling us to. And we can't be all, you know, again, back to basketball. And I see this with the young kids. You know, there's always, in the, there's, they all wanna score goals. You know, so someone will get it down that end and come hell or high water, they will weave their way through that crowd without passing the ball to get the goal. 
and inevitably they lose it. It goes off here, it goes off there. They shoot it from half court. Whatever happens, doesn't happen. But again, as they grow and they learn and they position themselves, uh, they, they begin to know that, you know, working as a team and, 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 and bouncing off each other and, and passing the ball can, you know, weave right through and, and, and get the result that's needed. So we've all got to have all the fun in the world. Have a lot of fun, have a lot of fun, but don't ever get, uh, don't ever let your relationships become casual and don't ever let your relationships become familiar. Don't be like Aaron. When Moses went up the mountain and Aaron got a good idea to have a whole lot of fun and uh, build a golden calf and got really familiar with, with Moses and all that sort of thing and, you know, just turn the people you know, the other way. Don't be like that. Don't let your relationships become casual and familiar. Keep correct honour in your heart. Keep connect, uh, correct honour in your heart. Connect uh, to significant people in your life. Uh, connect and love beyond what's comfortable. It's not always comfortable. Relationship is not always comfortable. Although we've had a pretty good run, relationship talking about Heidi, has not always been comfortable. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because you've got to work through things. You know, we need to learn to step out of our world and walk with another. You know, sometimes we can be so, uh, you know, in, in our world and insular that, that uh, we're just not doing that. And I really believe, again, in this time and season, you know, we've got to learn to step out and walk life with other people. You know, walk that journey with other people. You know, I'm not worried about Tim because Tim's doing all right. Uh, and Tim's got enough of God in him, I think, to, uh, to, to keep moving ahead and keep forging ahead. But there, there'd be different ones that maybe aren't in the journey, as far in the journey as him or, that are, or, or are as far in the journey that are just really going through crisis and struggle and that sort of thing. And we've got to, you know, get beyond, you know, whatever it is that we're doing and, and, and walk with them, love them, encourage them, bring them along, cook them meals, pray with them, you know, stand with them, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we need to walk with them, break into their world. You know, if, if they're not answering texts or phone calls, turn up on the doorstep. You know, this is something God's really been talking to me about. So just a little thing, but stay connected to significant people in your life. Number four, get engaged with the uncomfortable for the best interest of others. You know, so our decisions and our actions, good or bad, affect others and it affects future generations. So it's not always easy, but we need to engage in the uncomfortable. It's not always easy after a, you know, a hard week and long week to run into Mercedes and uh, find out that she hasn't got a lift to Maui. Um, so I go, yeah, let's do that. Could have just as easily stayed home, believe me. Um, but it was like something just hit me on the inside. And I was like, nah, I've got to get her there. And it was fun. We had a ball. So sometimes we've got to break out of the uncomfortableness. Sorry, break out of the comfortableness. <laughs> Don't break out of the uncomfortableness. In other words, we've got to step out of our comfort zone. We've got to step across the chicken line sometimes. Uh, we've got to live out our convictions, you know, so we've got to sometimes break out of what's comfortable and what we know and what we understand and, and all that sort of thing and look at the bigger picture and, and really hear the voice of God and what God's doing and, and be willing to step into that. 
I'm sure story after story in the Word, you know, uh, Gideon, you know, in the, in the wine press, you know, hey, you mighty man of valour, who me? He was probably fairly comfortable hiding away in that wine press and, uh, you know, didn't wanna have to do what God wanted to call him to do, but he, he broke out of his comfortableness to, to a place of being a little bit uncomfortable to do what God wanted him to do. So we need to get engaged with the uncomfortable for the best interests of others. So my point is this, we need to get involved and position ourselves where God wants us. Amen. Are you prepared to engage with the uncomfortable? I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for David, you know, standing up to his brothers, standing up to the king, standing up to, you know, an army and even standing up to Goliath. Um, but in that, God positioned him perfectly to take that giant out. So it may not have been comfortable to go, hey, is there not a cause? To his brothers, a whole army, the king, all that sort of thing. Been pretty uncomfortable for a 13, 14 year old, whatever he was, you know. But God had him in the perfect place at the perfect time. And number five, my final point. Tricked you this morning. Do you wanna jump on the keyboard? Yeah. So the, the last point, we need to know God in the most personal way. And I think this is, you know, one of the most important things. We need to know God in the most personal way. You know, and I just really believe God's calling us and we've heard it all morning, you know, and even in, in other weeks, you know, God's just calling us to this place of intimacy. God's calling us to a deeper place. God's calling us uh, further, uh, higher in Him. But we need to know God in the most personal way, not, not casual relationship with God, not casual relationship with anyone, but especially not with God. We can't be casual. It can't be like, you know, like we uh, acquaintances down the street where you see them every now and then and you stop and you shake their hand and have a two minute conversation and you move on and then you don't see them for another two months. You know, that, that can't be our relationship with God. You know, we need to know God in the most personal, personal way. You know, do you know God this morning? You know, do, do you have an active relationship with Jesus? You know, a daily active relationship with Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, do we have an active daily relationship with Him? Do we know God in the most personal way? And I, I really believe in the, you know, probably every generation has been able to say this, but I genuinely believe it myself, that where we're heading uh, as, a, as a nation and, 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 and that sort of thing, we need to know God in the most personal way because that is what will bring us through. That is what will uh, strengthen us. That is what will hold us. That is what will keep us. Uh, that's what will save us. Not our jobs, although they're good. Not our beautiful houses, although that's awesome and if you, that's great and blessed. But ultimately, ultimately, it is our relationship with Jesus that will cover us and protect us and see us through. Because like I said before, when crisis comes, when something comes, when turmoil's going around, who do we turn to? 
Do I hold, you know, faith in my job? Jobs can go like that. So it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I don't think there is anything greater than to know Him as your personal Lord and Saviour. And I think that's where it starts. We need to know Him as our personal Lord and Saviour. You know, reading the Word is, is so vital and important to knowing Him. Uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, non-negotiable, it's a must. Seek the Lord through prayer. Seek the Lord through prayer. I think John spoke about that just before in worship. Prayer. Seek the Lord in prayer. Uh, and you can do that in all sorts of ways. It doesn't have to be, although I encourage you to be on the prayer meetings and that sort of thing. But it can be you, personal time. I get to know my wife by talking to my wife. I get to know God by talking to God, conversing with God, praying to God. And the other thing is, you know, uh, connection and fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ is, is vital to, you know, learning to know God in such a personal way. So I hope that's all right this morning. Let's stand. want to open this up this morning um, like I said earlier you know I just really believe this is this is your day so just first off I just I just really want to do this you know we need to know God in such a personal way and it and it starts with knowing him so I just really I just want to let's just close our eyes this morning let's just focus on him uh, and I just really want to put the call out. You know, if there's someone here that doesn't know Him or, or knows that they're not in the right place with Jesus where they should be, just really want to encourage you just to you know, raise your hand, come out the front, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Someone might bring you, but uh, just really want to encourage you. If you want to know Him this morning, like you haven't known Him before, then now is your opportunity.